Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardener. How'd you handle last night? That wind was just a howling. It was cold. Not particularly warm this morning. And they're actually calling for a low of freezing, 32, in much of Austin when it comes to tomorrow morning. So you got to prepare for it. Now, it doesn't help for it to be 32 degrees and high wind. I mean, we had 20, 25 mile an hour gusts last night, which really drove the wind chill down. Now, the wind chill doesn't affect plants in quite the same way, uh, in quite the same way that it does people. But it will dry a plant. That constant breeze is creating an environment where it's really drawing moisture out of the plant. And that is not good for the plant. And depending on how you're structured your garden, 25-mile-an-hour wind gusts aren't particularly good. But the promise is we may have some rain coming. Let's go to the phone. This is Scott. Scott, what can I help you with? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, I About a month and a half ago, I had uh, a curbside strip about 30 to 30 to 40 feet. I put in new plantings in them. Um, I have soaker hoses in the ground. I put them on last night. I'll put them on again tonight. I also had the benefit of lots of leaf leaf cover that came down that I was able on one side to be able to create kind of a, a comforter over the over the uh, over the plants. Um, is there any other actions that one might take, including the possibility of um, putting some of those buckets that I have holes in five gallon buckets that I can add some seaweed to water and let them sit over some of the plants? Um, <clears throat> what are the plant? Generally speaking, what kind of plants are in this strip? I had somebody plant them for me. If I knew their names, I'd be happy to tell you. (laughs) My bet is it's unlikely that this weather is going to affect them. I would hope so. Whoever, if you hired somebody to plant those and they chose the plants, I would hope that they would choose ones that could handle Texas weather. And most of our Texas natives will be just fine in the weather that is uh, looking at coming. However, there is never a bad circumstance to apply seaweed. Now, if you've applied it in, say, the last week or less, you really don't need to do it again. But if you no, haven't see, no any... seaweed has been applied. I just had heard that on a separate gardening show, and I thought that I might have the window to to handle the five gallon buckets 
put some of the seaweed in, and but there are, there are about 15 plants or so, maybe a little more than that. So, um, but I do have the soaker hoses, and I will have those on again today. Well, now take take a minute here. Having the water available is a good thing, but you should be watering when the plants need water. So if you were to go out there before you turn your soaker hoses on today and put your fingers in that soil and it's still moist, you shouldn't have to water again. Okay, remember, we don't, we don't water on a specific schedule. We want to try to water when the soil is dry. So if the soil is not dry, if you still have moisture from watering yesterday, you shouldn't have to water again today. Applying seaweed at any time uh, is good. However, uh, I'm only talking about the frequency because, well, you don't need to spend a ton of money and use seaweed every single day, you should start building up the plants. Maybe every two weeks supply seaweed for a while here, and you can start stretching that out over time. As the plants establish and get bigger and healthier, you can start getting that down to maybe once a month. Okay, so corollary question. Um, the person who had put those plants in had um, had the soaker hose on a separate a spring a, a, a separate schedule and had put them on for every other day until she returned sometime at the end of next week. Um, so that's what that's what the schedule has been. But I didn't know which one it was going to be, and I was just concerned. I also have two peach trees that have been in the ground now for about probably about three years. Didn't know if there was anything else I needed to do to protect the soil around them. You know, um, there's there's absolutely no harm in putting a nice layer of mulch around those peach tree roots. About an inch thick, maybe up to two inches. That simply keeps that soil that much warmer. So peach trees are not going to be bothered by this weather. And they also will benefit from an occasional application of seaweed. Now, if these plants that you have are all like new plantings, that every other day watering is just gonna help them get established. When, when they come back to look at it, my bet is, is they start backing the watering schedule down a, a lot. What's more, next Friday, they're talking about some significant rain in our area, which would mean that you wouldn't have to worry about running any soaker hoses. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that one. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing it, and I don't think the weather folks can guarantee it, but the odds of rain are really good for the end of this coming week. And that'll take care of worrying about whether you should be running your soaker hoses or not. Okay. I thank you so much for your call. Thank, thanks for the call, Scott. Um, yeah. Brand new plantings. Depending on the plant, 
you may wind up with very frequent watering. You need the plant to get established. But it should not take long for the plant to get happy to where you get to the point where you water when it needs it, not on some timer. So if you put your fingers in that soil and it's moist, that means you don't have to water again. Early plantings, they probably are going to be okay getting the extra water to help them establish. But once they're established, you don't need to be watering every other day. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. The weather reports are hopeful. There's a pretty good chance of rain this Friday. Well, Thursday and Friday. And the Weather Service is estimating some places getting as much as three inches. And the really good news about that is those heavy areas are in the watershed where we truly need as much rain as we can get to fall so that we can build back up the aquifers. Um, Predicting rain, predicting how much is a magical mystical art form. But I'll take it. I'm hoping they're talking like two to three inches in the upper watershed, which means that's going to fill the lake, that's going to fill all kinds of places that need the water. And then a more, quote, normal, less intense rain for the rest of us, like maybe up to an inch. That is what we so desperately need. We are so far behind on our rain. It, it's, it's just falling away so fast. <clears throat> So we're going to need every drop we can get. And it looks like we're going to get some. In the rainfall, fortunately, it's going to be rain. Should not be sleet, should not be snow. But it will be really, really cold. So if you can not be out in it, that's going to keep you happier. Cold and windy this coming Thursday and Friday. It's a great combination for us. We'll take the rain, but it will be kind of a first real testing of feeling what it's going to be like for winter. Now, we need 
our plants need less water in cold weather. So this rain, if we were to get an inch of rain, more than likely you wouldn't have to water your plants for at least a week, maybe longer. And remember, we don't just arbitrarily go, oh, let's go out and water. It's Saturday. It's time for me to go water. No, it's not. Check what the soil moisture is. This summer, you could have easily had lots of plants where, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to water it every day because it was losing so much water in the heat or using so much water in the heat. In the fall, we don't use as much water because the plants aren't under stress and the soil doesn't evaporate the water out as fast. So a good one-inch rain at this time of the year, you should get a week or more out of it without having to run any of your water. No sprinklers, no garden hoses, anything like that. And of course, we even want to make sure that we're mulching in this weather. We still want to preserve any water that does fall into our soil and keep it in our soil. That's not hard to do. A mulch can really add to a great appearance to the garden. Pick a mulch that you feel comfortable with. Any mulch is better than no mulch. Just remember that any mulch is better than no mulch. Let's go to the phone. This is Lee. Lee, what can I help you with? Yes, I got uh, spider plants that uh, I have them in a patio in the backyard covered. And for some reason, they are so beautiful right now. In the summer, you know, I have struggled with them. My question is, can they be out in cold weather like this? Uh, they are generally not considered to be a plant that will do well if it freezes. They're tropical enough that freezing weather is not going to be their friend. So make sure that if you're going to leave them outside, that you put them somewhere where they can stay above freezing. A freeze can... It may not kill them, but they're not going to look good after a freeze. It's just the strangest. The last, uh, I'm going to say, month, they, it's the most beautiful plant in my whole collection. I don't know why. Well, you know, the last, I think there's a lot of plants that are celebrating getting out of last summer heat. They're like, okay, I couldn't do anything during that heat, so I'm going to put on a show right now. I have several plants like you're describing. They're just yeah. unbelievably good-looking, and they look absolutely horrid during the summer heat. So I think they're just taking advantage of uh, decent weather. Yeah, I mean, I got like rubber plant. Remember, that's wonderful. Also, I guess you're right. You know, just 
the timing. Yep. Well, thank you. And then I'll bring thank him in when it gets a little colder. Yeah, just protect them somehow. Um, because, you know, if they're doing so well, you want to keep them, that freeze is going to be tough on them. So just look out for that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Lee. Yeah, folks, Lee's right. He probably has some plants that have not looked that good in a very long time. I think all of us do. <clears throat> the, the weather recovering from that nasty heat, these plants, have, it's, it's like they were waiting for the opportunity to burst out and look good. They're taking advantage of it now. And it, it and it shows. Um, got certain plants that are just stunning right now. Uh, and the fall colors are better than I've seen for some of my plants in a lot of years. The crepe myrtles in my area have all turned red. I mean, the leaves are blood red, all of them. And they're all holding on pretty good. They haven't really been dropping many leaves yet. And you can see swaths through my neighborhood where it looks like somebody set fires. They're so red. When the sun sets and shines through them, haven't seen that kind of beautiful color in them. Usually they go yellow for me, but this year they've been red and they really have shined. I have plants that are blooming that are, that are just unbelievable. I have durantas that are blooming and it's been cold enough that they should have given up the ghost a long time ago. Same with my verbenas, which smell amazing. So certain plants, depending on your environment, are kind of thumbing their nose at what was a horrid, horrid summer. They've just been waiting to shine, and uh, they're going to do it now. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, looking better. We're going to get more fall-like temperatures. We've actually been running above average for all of the first of the month. All of December has been higher than average temperature. And it looks like we're finally going to drop down to where, yeah, this is, this is more December weather. We're going to probably have a freeze tomorrow morning. All of us. All of Central Texas and definitely the outlying areas, you've probably already had a freeze this year. 
we're going to have, worst of all, combining that cold temperature with gusty, gusty wind. It's not going to be pleasant out there. So don't forget, bring your pets in. If you have plants in a container that are important to you, bring those in too. It, remember, we, we, we ask the question wrong. We always ask, should I cover the plants? The question should be, Will it harm them if I keep them warm? And the answer is almost always no. If you have to ask the question, well, should I bring them in? The answer is yes. The answer is automatically yes. Because you're never going to harm the plant because you go, you're, I got to protect it from a freeze. And you bring it in and we only get to 35. That's not a freeze. Okay. <laughs> Plant's not going to complain. You didn't harm it. Maybe it's a little inconvenient for you. But um, the plant won't be damaged. So if you're asking yourself, should I bring it in? The answer is yes. That's the easy way to deal with it. Now, the rest of us being outside, wanting to garden in this weather, it's coming. It is coming. The allergy count listing cedar is starting the climb. So, be prepared, take your medicine now, get your body ready to handle a high cedar season. One thing that we need to worry about between the wind and this cold snap, that's gonna cause many of the cedar trees to start popping. What's more, after that brutal summer, they're going to be particularly heavy in their production because they're trying to stay alive. And the, the way they do that will be a heavy year of pollen. And that means we get to suffer for, for it. all kinds of pollens. And because of this dampness, the morning fog, things like that, if you don't suffer from cedar, you probably suffer from mold and mold is headed on its way up also. So get, get into the medicines you use, whatever you take, teas, whatever, and start preparing for it because it could be a pretty tough year for cedar. When we have those events where you look on the horizon and it looks like smoke and it's nothing but cedar pollen, could be one of those years. 
those are not pleasant. <laughs> I, I probably don't have to say that. That's probably obvious. But those aren't particularly pleasant. Um, those who suffer from the cedar, I'm not saying anything you don't already know, right? So get ready for the allergies. It's that time of the year and they're headed to us. What else are we doing outside? Well, you know, most of the N95 masks will block the pollen. So if you gotta be outside, there's an opportunity where wearing a mask would really truly be beneficial to you, especially if you suffer pollen allergies, that can help keep uh, the amount you take in down. Try to keep your health the best you can. When we're outside right now, we're mostly looking at, I'm not sure I'm gonna worry much about watering with the rain coming. My in-ground plants, my potted plants, that's another story. I'm going to probably have to go out there and water many of them because the wind has dried out the soil in the container. And I want to make sure that a containerized plants have some moisture in the soil. Containerized plants are more susceptible to wind chill because the wind will cool the container. And I don't want to risk damaging the roots. So keeping moisture in the container plants on particularly cold nights helps prevent the roots from freezing. And freeze the roots and you can kill the plant. So I'm gonna have to go out uh, this afternoon. I'm waiting until it's warmer. Uh, I'm gonna go out and have to water some plants that are in containers that are doing well. I have a, an extended water line I have a long piece of property and I had to install water line that's probably 200 feet long. Yesterday, I turned off the supply to that water line and then I opened the, the valve at the very end, which happens to be downhill so I could drain all that water out and I don't have to worry about, um, I don't have to worry about the line freezing. That is something that you should start thinking about. Is, to, is tonight's freeze, tomorrow morning's freeze, gonna be cold enough to freeze or burst water lines? No, probably not, because it's not gonna be, that cold for that long. But more than likely, I'm not gonna need to run water 
anymore down that long line. So I'm hoping for the best that since I've turned it off, I won't need it until it gets to be uh, sometime later in the year when we get warm again later in the year, later in next year, I should say. Oh, thank you. Um, my wife just uh, let me know a good point here too. Those of you with bird baths, you may want to consider emptying them. Now, I don't have anything fancy for a bird bath. Mine is a ceramic, um, I guess you would call it, dish that would go under a pot. Well, those dishes, I have several of them, they're rather large. If they're full of water, the last thing I want is for that to freeze because it could crack these dishes. I had that happen one year. You couldn't even see the crack, but when you filled it with water, it drained out. So before it gets too cold, go out there and consider dumping all the water out, at least for overnight. And it's going to get warm again after tomorrow's cold. We're going to warm up and be pleasant weather. So dump it out before this morning, before tomorrow morning, during the freeze, just to preserve the bird bath and prevent it from cracking and freezing. You can fill it up again tomorrow, but I've got kind of an investment in it. Those big ceramic trays are difficult to find and can be kind of expensive. So I'm going to help myself out and I'm going to empty them before it gets too cold. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. What else can we be dealing with? What else should we be preparing for if we're going to have this freeze? Plus the strong breeze, 20 mile an hour winds. How do we deal with that? First off, make sure your potted plants have some moisture in the soil. It's really, you know, it's kind of like those TV shows where they have people in like Atlanta and the weather report is we might see snow and they panic like it's the end of the world. The first freeze around here, so it gets cold. <clears throat> some of our plants will give up and won't make it, and some of our plants aren't bothered by it at all. Some of our plants give us better performance in a light freeze. So what's the big deal? Well, structural things mostly. Breaking your... Uh, if it freezes, breaking your birdbath, that's not uncommon at all. Clay pots are notorious for if they freeze 
and they have any little cracks in them, water gets into those little cracks. And when it freezes, it expands and it pops that clay, whether it shears off a little piece or it breaks off a big section of clay, that's not good. One of the ways to defeat that is to ensure that there's moisture in the soil in that container so it stays above freezing. Now, the other trick is, is to make sure you're using fully glazed containers because glazed containers won't allow those cracks. Unglazed containers have a ton of these microscopic cracks that you can't see that water will get in. And like I said, you'll start to fracture all of the clay and it will shear off and the pot's no good anymore. So these little things, um, making sure that your water runs don't freeze, I do not have a sprinkler system. I have extended water runs so that I can hook up a hose at various points on my property, but I don't have a installed sprinkler system. I have been told, I do not know the reality of this. I do not know how installers do it. I have been told that you can drain these systems to prevent them from freezing. That usually the last sprinkler in the line on the lowest side of the run has a fitting that allows you to drain the entire system in the event of a freeze. I don't know. Do you have that set up? Now, I do because of my runs. Like I said, I only use it to create faucets along the way to attach hoses to. So I built it intentionally with the ability to drain it. And I decided to turn off water supply and drained it yesterday. Now I don't have to worry at all about freezing any of my plumbing. I'll be able to take care of it next year just fine. When we warm up, when it's time to be able to have that water available, turn a valve and everything's back to normal. Keeping your potted plants with moisture in the soil, um, because the potted plant is more exposed to the temperature the potted plant will do better. It will do much better by keeping it warm. Moisture in the soil requires much colder temperatures to overcome that energy of it not being frozen yet. It may not make sense, <clears throat> but even a little bit of water above freezing takes a lot, a lot of cold to freeze it and turn it into an ice cube. <clears throat> Same happens in your potted plants. So having some moisture in there, 
watering your garden before this freeze, making sure your soil has moisture that it needs will also prevent the freezing of the roots of those plants in the ground. Now we're not getting that cold, okay? Some of you in outlying areas, you're probably already well prepared and it's like, blah, blah, blah. We already had the freeze, we don't care. I get it. But those of us in central Texas, those in the Austin area, this is our first touch of freezing that we're gonna have to deal with. Start thinking about what you're gonna do or what you need to do to be able to keep everything in place and doing well. There's not a whole lot else out there to do right now. You could do some plants. You could do some transplants right now. You gotta move a plant. This may not be a bad time to dig it out because we have rain coming. Hopefully we have rain coming at the end of this week. That means your new transplant will get everything it needs and be happy camper. <clears throat> but there's not a lot of work that we need to do. We're, we haven't frozen yet, so there are a lot of plants that aren't ready to be trimmed back. Esperanzas, leave them. Leave them. If they still have, I, I, I have friends that have ones, still have blooms on it. Once we have a freeze, all those stems will freeze and you can cut them flush to the ground. Your asparagus, once it freezes, cut those fronds down. That's normal routine maintenance for asparagus. So those are the, we, we need to prepare for the cold. It's not gonna be super severe but that doesn't mean you shouldn't consider plants that can't handle the freeze and protect them. But it'll warm up quickly after this Monday morning cold. Be pretty decent weather too. So let it freeze, let it freeze. Many of our plants will, uh, kill off all their stems, like the asparagus, like the esperanza, the pride of Barbados, those kind of plants, let them freeze. They're in the ground, there's nothing you're gonna do. You're not benefiting by covering them. At the, after the freeze is over, you're gonna see all those stems dry up and die. And you can cut them off at that point in time. I know people have just been chomping at the bit to get out there and trim stuff. Let the cold help you out. You don't have to do much until after the freeze. And then it'll just be clean up the dead. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up on a um, news break. I will catch you all on the other side.